Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs in sports, info, and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, and I'm joined once again by the Buck, the Buck. There is no other Buck. Buck, what's going on, buddy? Bob, it's good to see that you're relaxing a little bit on the couch for this episode. Thank you. You know, yeah. you know, it, life is all about relaxing sometimes, even when you're working. You got to right. find that balance, the ebb and flow. And yeah. uh, it's, it's good to see you in a new setting. Keep me on my toes. Uh, you don't have Justin Zimmer behind me anymore to stare at. Uh, sure. No longer going to be a bill, it seems like. So, yeah, I got to play. Has Justin ball. signed? Has Zimmer signed anywhere yet? Seen that Not before. that I'm aware of. I have, uh, he is the one person I have with my Google alerts set up to okay. find me of any Justin Zimmer activity. I've not seen anything that's... recently, but there's still a chance, Bob. Wow, that's dedication. I like that a lot. Well, today, folks, you know, obviously the leisure, we're getting ready and ramped up for the NFL draft. And, and obviously later in the week, Sky's going to be bringing in some guys to talk some dynasty and about the talent of these guys coming in, the rookies. Me and Buck are taking a different approach. We're talking about the current players on NFL rosters that potentially could have the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft. What does that mean? It means right now today a guy could have fantasy value in the fifth round, then boom, a first-round running back comes in, and that guy's now not even worth an eighth-round pick. That's kind of what me and Buck are doing today, and vice versa. If they don't make a draft pick, great. We're going to roll it to it. Today we're talking about the AFC South, the Houston Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. And, Buck, because we are students and we love to just be you know, politically correct and all that nonsense, we go alphabetical order. We don't want to show any favoritism. It's where we're going Houston Texans, Buck. So give me your guy on the Texans who has the most to gain or lose from the NFL draft. Yeah, I'm all about doing it in alphabetical order. Don't want to step on any any fans' any fans' shoes. I'm, I'm going to keep it moving down the sidewalk here. Houston. I'll tell you what, Bob, when, when you look over their current depth chart, I think they're the worst team in the NFL. Um, I, I think they are talent-deprived. I think with, with Deshaun, obviously, everything off-field, nothing you know they can do about that. But to see Davis Mills as your QB1 and Jeff Driscoll as your QB2, I think Davis Mills stands the most to lose here. And the reason I say that is Houston has two first-round picks here at 3-13. and 13. That puts them right in that bullseye to land one of the top three quarterback targets. And I think they do. I even I, – I, they have their choice of the, of the litter there at three, but they could even just wait and kind of see how things unfold. I think it's a no-brainer. Davis Mills, you had your time in the sun. I actually thought he was a little bit serviceable, but a lot of the pieces around him – 
just they weren't at that level whatsoever to compete in the NFL. And not overall, just as a collective unit. And uh, yeah, Davis Mills, you will be replaced. So your time in the sun as QB1 is going to be coming to an end very, very shortly. I talk about a kid who just didn't have a chance, right? I mean, outside of Brandon Cooks, I mean, Nico Collins, young, talented player, but unproven. Brevin Jordan, who I'll talk about in a second, unproven, a, a mosh pause of running backs, like a bottom 10 offensive line. And they still seem somewhat serviceable. So I think Davis Mills survives. Actually, my guy I want to talk about today is Brevin Jordan. And he's the tight end, rookie last year, drafted in the fifth round. The reason why I want to bring him up is, Number one, Pep Hamilton is now the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Um, in this time, when he was the three years of OC for the Colts, he had the tight ends average 126 targets per season, 21% target share. Both of those are above average versus the league. Now, tight end finishes, Kobe Fleener had one top 10 finish and two in the top 15. So two of those three years, a fantasy-relevant tight end came out of that offense. Now, just what we talked about could be a benefit to Jordan is the lack of weapons outside of Brandon Cook. So Jordan could find himself on the field a little bit more. Last season did not play at all the first half of the season. Over the final, I think it was week 12 to week 18, he started playing about 50% of snaps, averaged three receptions, 24 yards, and about a half a touchdown per week. Not terrible. He was finding the end zone, had three touchdowns over that span, so not too bad overall. Currently is tight end 30 in ADP and 224th overall. So he's a deep sleeper, a guy that's completely off the radar right now, who I like um, as a potential second-year leap, the second, third-year tight ends where you find a lot of value. So that's why I like – so I want to watch to see if they draft any receivers, any tight ends, and I think he could gain a lot if they don't. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Brevin Jordan. Obviously does not have much out there, but 20 receptions in your rookie season as a tight end, not terrible. That's It's really not bad at all. He's got that modern tight end body type here, 6'3", 245. Let's see if he can put it together there for Houston. Um, I know you're hopeful on that front, but, yeah, it's going to be rough. I do love seeing a number nine on a tight end. I know that's what he wore nice. in college. Uh, yeah. I, there's something I really like about single digits on big fellas. It, it's what I always aspire to do as a young football player, and coaches would never let me. No, son, you're in the 50s. Okay, fine. But – I'm holding out until I get that number eight. <laughs> I like it. All right, so like <laughs> we'll move on here to Indianapolis. All right, so India has one pick in the first 64 picks. So because of that, I think Paris Campbell has a lot to gain here in year three. Obviously, he was a high draft pick. Obviously, he had the injury problems last year. But I, I, I am curious to see how this new combination there with Ryan works out for the Colts. I am excited to see Paris Campbell back on the football field. And I think because of their dearth of picks or they have a lack of picks there in the first 64, where a lot of these skill position receivers will be landing there. There's no shot in hell that they go that direction. So this will be a year where Paris Campbell has to prove himself. I think, I think he has a slight upgrade. I don't even know if that's realistic to say at this stage at the quarterback position. Uh, but I, I'm excited to just see him on the field and I think the fact that the, the draft picks landed where they did for Indianapolis, it gives him the benefit of the doubt going in this season here as the number two, maybe even as their top option, considering the, the little bit of a downtrend there for Pittman. So very curious to see how this shakes out. 
Yeah. Paris Campbell, 99th percentile 40-yard dash, 99th percentile speed score, 99th percentile breakout age, 97th burst score. I mean, burst score, he's like that. He's insane athlete. Um, and that's what you're kind of looking at. And he showed flashes a little bit, and then he gets hurt every time, and it's unfortunate. But no Zach Pascal. He's now in, in Philadelphia. He should be manning the slot. Currently wide receiver, 92 outside the top 200 picks. So talk about deep sleeper. I love that one. One of the guys I want to talk about, though, is Mo, Mo Cox. Again, big on the tight ends in this episode, so just deal with it, people, okay? Uh, but the reason why I want to talk about Mo Cox is, number one, uh, the the – Colts have 154 available targets from last year. And one of those key guys is Jack Doyle, who retired. And now Mole Cox comes back. I know they drafted a tight end last year and Kalen Grayson or Kylan Grayson or whatever, Granson or whatever you say his name. But I think Mole Cox is going to be the guy. And listen, Matt Ryan, the key to Matt Ryan is I think this offense is going to be a little more pass heavy than they were with Carson Wentz because I think they're going to trust Matt Ryan more than they did Carson Wentz. And if you look at the attempts from 2020 with Phillip Rivers to 2021 with Carson Wentz, it, you could kind of tell they went really conservative. In 16 games, they threw the ball 552 times with Phillip Rivers. Last year in 17 games, 521 times. So 30 less attempts in just in one more game. So that's, that's actually notable in my opinion. So there's going to be an influx of pass volume, I believe. Moe Cox, meanwhile... Uh, in the games that he played, at least in the two games without Doyle, one of the games he went five for 111. So in one of the two games, he went off 100 yards for a tight end. Um, in the five games in his career, we played two-thirds of snaps. And the reason why I bring up two-thirds of snaps is that's that's how many snaps he played with when Doyle was out. He averages eight points per game for fantasy in half-point PPR. That's like borderline top 12 tight end right now. Current ADP, tight end 31, going outside the top 200. So there's a lot of factors that I like. The Colts are one of those teams that loves to use the tight ends. Over the last three, uh, under Frank Wright, a 25% target share to tight ends. So they use the tight end. Mo Cox is a giant man and a red zone threat. And I think Matt Ryan can, you know, make him a little bit fantasy viable as long as they don't go out and they bring in a day two receiver or a day two tight end. Yeah, I actually, <clears throat> I like that. I like the Mo Cox pick there. I actually started him that big week. Didn't have any other choice at the time. So he's in my good graces, Bob. So he's got that going for him. I like it. That's all that really matters. I mean, that's how I got my start at Fantasy Focus. I had to earn my way to your good graces once I got in there, and then I became a regular. But in the beginning, very very turbulent. It's a lot like The Godfather. It's a lot like The Godfather. I got you. If you see me shaking my head up and down, that's a good sign for you. All right. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Now I'm nervous. (laughs) As soon as I start seeing you shake like this, we're going to have to end the show. Well, Trust me, the cord would be cut by that point, Bob. You wouldn't see it coming. All right, let's get to the Jacks. <laughs> All right, so Jacksonville. I'm actually going to try to twist this into a positive here. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has a, a better season this year. And the reason I say that is I, I really believe that they will pick Hutchinson there at one overall. They need to shore up that defense so that that offense has more time on the ball. That's the bottom line. So I think by – kind of galvanizing that defensive unit will help Trevor Lawrence in year two. I think Lawrence is one of these guys that can really step it up in year two of the, well, he's got, he's got his own problems because Dougie Peterson's rolling into town, but I'm, I'm curious to see how this looks and feels because we mm-hmm. saw the similar evolution of a guy like Carson Wentz in his career. Peterson does work a little bit of magic with these younger quarterbacks, 
So I'm actually really excited to see this marriage in year two for, for Lawrence. And I just think helping on the defense, it, it's a roundabout way of, of helping Lawrence because I just think he needed more possessions. He needed more time just to show us what he had. But last year was just a god-awful mess on the defensive end for Jacksonville. And we'll see if they can improve here with some quality draft picks on the defensive side. Maybe even give him some more weapons, which I would not be shocked to see happen. I Yeah, I agree with that, too, because I'm interested what they do with Chenault. Are they really going to roll with Zay Jones as a starter next year? I mean, Zay Jones was a nice player for the Raiders. But overall, it's an uninspiring three-receiver set with Jones, Joe, Joe, Double Jones, and Kirk. So... I hope they do spend a little bit on the receiving core and bring in a young, talented guy to kind of, you know, become a potential alpha um, overall. But yeah, before I get into my guy, I'm going to take a quick commercial break for our latest sponsor, Carefactor. We'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carefactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, let's talk about my guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And actually, it's a little twist of uh, fate after last time we spoke. It's actually Travis Etienne. And I totally forgot that James Robinson tore his Achilles on December 26th. Like, this guy just got a very serious injury in late December. There is zero shot James Robinson is at least 100% for week one. And he might not be 100% until halfway through the season. That opens a huge door for Travis Etienne. And... The thing is, when I'm, I try to be logical about this because their offensive line, yes, they do. They brought in Brandon Sheriff. They, uh, Cam Robinson should be back. Uh, but, you know, their line is kind of average to below average. And then Miles Sanders, when you look at his production with Doug Peterson, RB23 in points per game, RB20, doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room because Travis ECN is coming off his own Liz Fank injury because currently his ADP is 24. But I will say this, if they don't go out, they have the, the first pick, which they're, of course, not going to take anybody there, but 33, 65, and 70 for the Pittsburgh, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they don't go out and get a guy for Doug Pe- uh, Doug Peterson guy, or like we've talked about previously, a Jordan <coughs> Howard type in free agency, which I feel like we both already – we already talked about how he already has a bungalow on the on the coast of Jacksonville somewhere. Uh, sure Jordan does. Howard, absolutely. But I just feel that there isn't a lot of upside necessarily with Travis Etienne, but when I got reminded about the James Robinson injury, I'm like, okay, there's a shot that this guy could be a workhorse for Doug Peterson and at least offer value at his 24th ADP. He might finish as a top 20 back, but it's still, it offers a little bit of value. That's my kind of thoughts about Travis Etienne and why he could gain the most from the NFL draft. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see what happens with Etienne. 
when you think about that breakdown between Robinson, let's just say Robinson isn't dealing with the injury recovery. It's still Doug Peterson. So ETN, he's going to get his shot. He's going to get his shot. It's going to be frustrating. But at least this offers some clarity to the early times of this season for that backfield in Jacksonville where it should be the ETN show for at least three to four weeks, and then we'll kind of see how it plays out from there and just get really upset with Dougie P the way we always have in the past. All right, so Tennessee Titans, our last team here for this episode. There's a lot of speculation surrounding the Titans targeting a wide receiver in this draft, and not just later on in the draft, but early on in the draft. Listen, with the firepower as far as the AFC is concerned, with the quarterbacks being added, with the stacked rosters for quite a few of those teams, they're going to need firepower to coexist or even be more successful than they already have been. So I look at it as they have a window with Derrick Henry. They have a window with an aging Ryan Tannehill. There's a window here for them to make a bit of noise. So I'm, I've been impressed with Westbrook Akine. Like I, I actually, for an undrafted player, he's got a great body type and he, he just seems to have a feel for the game. I kind of feel like he though is going to get knocked down. Uh, I think they look for help. They try to get that offense clicking at the same levels of, say, the Chiefs, the Bills, it's or the Chargers even. You, to compete, you need the horses. I think they, they use that 26 pick and they go out for a wide receiver, which will have a negative impact on an up-and-comer that we just got to see the glimpses of uh, last season with Westbrook Akine. So I look for him as a guy that I was kind of targeting as like deep, deep sleeper, like last round just to see how that Titans team looks at the beginning of the season and then make moves if I have to. If they add a wide receiver, he's immediately dropped down to fourth in the pecking order and more than likely being a bit role player. So I look for Westbrook Akine to actually have uh, a little bit of loss here from his his previous role. Yeah, I, I actually originally was going to go with Robert Woods, but Sky literally says to me, stop talking about Robert Woods right now. I go, you know what? You're right. We've talked about it plenty. The only thing I will say about Robert Woods is kind of the same argument you just made about Westbrook Kine and bringing that first round receiver could really impact his uh, overall. But I, you know, what? I'm going to pivot. Very talk about. Do you think Woods or Akine is going to be the slot guy? Just quick, 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 quick thought. Akine, Akine, okay. big slot. All right. So Austin Hooper is the guy I'm going to talk about for the Tennessee Titans, and he's coming into a situation on an offense that loves to feature the tight end. And last year was a complete dumpster fire. Anthony Ferkster starts the year hurt, doesn't really recuperate. Jeff Swaim is a career-blocking tight end, and he's never really been a huge factor. But looking at the Titans last year, they were 10th in uh, routes run to drop back percentage for tight ends. So they had the 10th most routes run by tight ends, uh, essentially based on their drop back. So there was a high percentage of routes being run by those tight ends, and they just didn't have anybody to really be a fantasy factor on that team. Johnny Smith, just in 2020, was a tight end 10 in fantasy. We know for a long time the Titans under Arthur Smith and with his offenses, they had Delaney Walker like in 2016, 17, in that range. So there's history with this offense having good tight end usage. Austin Hooper, tight end six, just in 2019 before taking that big contract in Cleveland and being in a hodgepodge of tight ends <laughs> there, if you, will, if you will. Currently his ADP is tight end 27. Outside the top 200, another guy not even being a afterthought. So like you just brought up, if they don't bring in another guy to kind of, you know, be a tight, like a rookie tight end, even to take snaps or another receiver, 
I really think Austin Hooper could find himself into that, you know, top 15 range for tight ends overall. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all. I love Austin Hooper. He's kind of the forgotten man since his time in Cleveland, which was just a travesty all around. Mm-hmm. Poor Browns fans, man. Poor Browns. They I get know. their hopes up and then they get crushed. Well, they got Deshaun Watson now, so hopefully that – but that's that's AFC North stuff. We'll talk about that next week. But that's it, folks. That's the AFC South, players with the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft. Thanks for joining us, us again. This is the Fantasy Focused Podcast slash TCK Pod. You want to name it on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. All our podcasts are brought to you by Bet Online AG on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bobby. That's Buck. And once again – We're out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.